Amen. Genesis chapter 17. Looking at verse... Looking at verse 1. Genesis chapter 17. I want to ask you to stand for reading of God's Word as we open the bread of life to us this morning to get our refreshments, our nourishment this morning from the Word of God. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the reading of your holy word this morning. We ask you for your anointing of not only preaching the word, but your anointing of hearing the word. We have ears to hear, Lord. Let us open our ears this morning to hear what thus saith the Holy Spirit to us. Lord, I ask you to give us revelation knowledge. Speak to us by your spirit today that it registers to us in Jesus' holy and righteous name. And we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you for standing of God's Word this morning. In verse 2, it says, I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thou shalt be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Hmm. See, Abram was 75 years old when God first called him. Which takes me to another point. Don't tell me you're too old to do something for God. This is how you say yes, Pastor. Come on, shake your head. <laughs> You're never too old to do something for God, okay? Abram was 75 years old when God first called him and when he first heard the promise of the promised child. When he first got the word from heaven that he was going to have a child, he was 75 years old. 75, think about this. And when Abram was 99 years old, God changed his name to Abraham meaning father of many nations. This is 24 years later. 24 years. How many of you have been praying about something for 24 years and you still hold on that God's going to do it? Huh? Sometimes you've got to hold on to God. You've been praying for a long time. You've been believing for a long time. But somehow, someway, God's going to do it. See, that's where Abram was. 75 years old, God called him and told him he's going to be a father of many nations. Don't have a promised child. And for 24 years, he's following God, walking through the desert, going here, going there, trying to understand. Now, you've got to, you got to realize that nobody at that point in time knew this God of Abraham. They didn't know who he was. There was a lot of gods in the land, and people were saying, this God said this, and God, this God does that, and this God over here said this over here. And Abram's got this God that's saying, come out from your father's house. Go into a land that I will show you. He didn't know where he was going. Just follow me. That's faith. That's why we call him the father of faith. Because he stepped out from his home that he was so accustomed to and went into a land that he knew not of. Amen? Have you ever moved somewhere and you didn't know who lived there? You didn't know the town? You didn't know the people? Amen? 
I remember when I first came to Bowden, I looked at that sign that said Bowden, the friendly city, and I elbowed my wife. I said, oh, we're about to find out now. <laughs> we're about to find out if that sign is true. Because we didn't know nobody in Bowden. We'd never even been to Bowden before. First time I come to Bowden, I drove straight to this church. We'd never, never even been in this place. Amen. By the way, we found out that sign is true. Friendly town. Amen. Amen. So Abram was going to a place he did not know. He's 75 years old. And then when he's 99, God changed his name. He changed his name to Abraham, meaning the father of many nations. Now listen to this. One year later, when Abraham was 100, the promised child was born. For 24 years, Abram believed God. For 24 years, he prayed to see the promised child come to pass. All of a sudden, now he's 99. He, listen, he was already way past the age of 75. Amen. Let's just go ahead and say that. Amen. He was already past the age. But when he's 99, he's sure past the age. Come on, he's way past the age now. I mean, even modern medicine couldn't help him anymore at 99. Come on, church. At 99, God shows up and says, we're going to change your name. I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. And we're going to change your wife's name from Sarah to Sarah, meaning mother of many nations. And your name means father of many nations. So this is what was happening. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 was taking place. Can anybody quote Romans chapter 10, verse 17? I quote it to you all the time. Faith cometh by... I uh, see you know it. You just didn't know where it was at. That's it. That's Romans 10, 17. So every time God called him Abraham, he was calling him father of many nations. Oh, but it didn't stop there. He, Abraham was calling himself Abraham. Amen? I mean, Abraham went home from his, his meeting with God and he announced to the whole family, uh, my name is no longer Abram. My name is now Abraham. You will address me as Abraham. He told all of his servants that. He told his wife that. Amen. He told his wife, I will no longer call you Sarah. For God said, your name shall be Sarah. Mother of many nations. Amen. So every time Sarah called Abraham, she was calling him father of many nations. Every time his servants came to talk to him about the business of the livestock and the farming and all that, they were calling him father of many nations. You see, strangers were calling him father of many nations. His own household was calling him father of many nations. Every time he talked with God, God was calling him father of many nations. Let me tell you, it only took three months. It only took three months of people calling him father of many nations. Come on. We all know biologically it takes nine months for a baby to be born. So that means three months. Oh, it took three months of him hearing Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. Come on, Abraham. Something began to happen on the inside of his body. All of a sudden, he's no longer 99 on the inside. His body began to get young again. His body began to change. His body began to get strong. His body began, come on church, to be fertile. Come on. And it only took three months for Sarah to get pregnant. After her name changed and after his name changed. Amen. Amen. You see, 
you young folks that don't have children yet, be very careful what you name your kid. Just don't name your kid anything. Come on. Don't name your kid Kool-Aid because you think it's cool. Hello? I forget what team. There's a football team out there somewhere. So I think there's a college team. A kid named Kool-Aid. That's the name. I said, Lord have mercy. What they call me in a cool name? But it makes me think about that Kool-Aid commercial where he busts through the walls. You remember then? And Kool-Aid man is giving you a drink of Kool-Aid. Lord have mercy. Our names mean something. What does your name mean? There's a meaning behind your name. Let's be careful. You're getting ready to name your child in the future. Come on, and Daddy said far future. Hello. Amen. Not anytime soon. Years and years from now, after you graduate from college and got your own career going on. Come on. Got to help you out, Daddy. Be careful what you name your child. Research the meaning of that name. Because Abraham name was changed and three months later he was ready to have a child and nine months later the promised child came when he was 100 years old for 24 years they prayed for 24 years they believed God for 24 years they were walking blindly by faith into the deserts going here and going there believing God and all it took was a name change think about it All it took was a name change. So let that sink in this morning. Because Romans chapter 10 verse 17 began to happen to Abraham. Amen. You see, the angel had to go back to Zechariah. You know, we go back to the Christmas story because this entire series started at Christmas. When Mary said, be it unto me to the angel Gabriel, according to that word, that's when God began to move on us a series. And so let's go back to Zacharias in the temple and all of a sudden the angel Gabriel was there. He's doing his priestly duties and the angel said, uh, Zacharias, your, your prayers have been answered. So it wasn't like he wasn't praying. You know, people pray and they don't expect God to do anything. But they're still praying. I call that wishful hoping. That's what I call it. Wishful hoping. Wishful hoping and faith is not the same thing. And so Zacharias is praying all this time and, and, and his wife Elizabeth is praying. But Elizabeth had more faith than Zacharias and he was the priest. Come on, ladies. That's a good time to shout amen. So Zacharias says, well, what sign are you going to give me that proves to me you're telling me the truth? That's basically what he said. He basically told the angel, I don't believe a word coming out of your mouth. I need a sign that's going to prove to me what you're telling me is so. Notice what the angel did. The angel shut his mouth and said, you shall not be able to speak until the child is born. Why did he do that? Because doubt and unbelief was coming out of Zacharias' mouth. And had he been allowed to keep speaking that doubt and unbelief, John the Baptist would not have been born. He couldn't. You see, you can stop the promises of God in your life by speaking doubt and unbelief. And the angel knew that about Zacharias, that if he had to change his words, he had to stop him. So he stopped him by making him dumb. He was unable to speak doubt and unbelief. And then Elizabeth, who was full of faith, the girl got pregnant, and here comes John the Baptist. Come on. Amen. There's a big difference between Mary's faith and Zacharias' faith. Mary's just a teenage girl. Zacharias was a priest who should have known better. 
Some of us folks in church for a long time should know better. Amen? But we listen to the devil for too long and we've believed for too long that God is not willing. He's not able. Maybe one day in a sweet by and by. Amen. So we're seeing here a parallel between Zachariah's story and Abraham. And we're seeing that when God changed his name from Abraham to Abraham, three months later he's ready to have a child. And nine months later, the promised child is born. Why? Because God changed his name. The child did not come until God changed his name. He began to speak words of faith. He began to speak the name of Abraham. Amen. 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 So praise God for Mary's faith. Be it unto me according to thy word. Come on church, say it with me. Be it unto me according to thy word. Your doubt and your unbelief coming out of your mouth will stop the blessings of God, the promises of God in your life. Amen. Listen to me. Your body... Your body will do whatever you tell it to do. I don't know about your body, preacher. Mine ain't going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, it will. I can prove it to you. Have you ever watched the Olympics? Huh? You ever watch those gymnasts? You ever watch those? I mean, all these back flips and jumping in the air and swinging on that thing, whatever you call it, acrobats and all that. Well, Lord have mercy. Me and Bonnie couldn't do that for nothing right now. Amen? But if Bonnie and I had started training when we were children, you see, then we could do the same thing. You see, they, all those kids who do that got two arms and two legs, one head, come on, Ten fingers, ten toes. They got two eyes. They got two ears. They got a nose just like you. They look as human as you do. They were not born with a special gift. No. They trained their bodies to do what they do. Amen. The reason you and I can't do it is we've never trained our bodies to do that. Amen. So not only did they train their bodies, but they got to think in their mind, I can do this. They got to have confidence before they jump 10 feet in the air <laughs> that they're going to land just right. Before they do them backflips and somersaults and all that stuff, they got to know in their mind, I'm going to land just right. I can do this. So they know in their mind, their mind has been trained and their body obeyed. Now they had to get in the gym and come on and stretch and lift some weights and exercise and all this kind of stuff. I want to tell you something. God will heal you, but He won't automatically put muscles on you and make you look like you're a bodybuilder, okay? No, He ain't going to do that. He's not going to, all of a sudden you wake up in the morning and you got a six-pack of abs. I got a six-pack of abs that's just covered up under all this cushion I got going on. Huh? This little cushion I got going on. I, I told my grandson the other day, I said, boy, he had a shirt off. I said, boy, me and you couldn't be friends when I was a kid. He's like, why, Papa? I said, if you got a six-pack of abs, and I don't, and I would be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> that boy's always exercising. Amen? 
He, he told my little brother here, I was picking on him about. Did you do these flops? You know that. You know that. The boys play basketball, okay? He could jump or he could dribble, he could do all that. I remember when he couldn't bring the basket. Huh? I remember when he was like double dribbling. Huh? Right out here in the church parking lot. You remember that? I thought, oh, look at old Ricky. To me and you, it was like yesterday. To him, it was years and years. But to me and you, it was like yesterday. He couldn't dribble. Now he's six foot something. I used to be taller than him, too. You don't believe that? Yeah, I just looked down on him. Now I'm going to look up. <laughs> but you know what? He can play basketball on his own basketball team now. Playing all over the place, all amen, traveling, playing basketball. Why? Because he saw in his mind, I can make that basket. And then he, his mind began to train his body. He began to run and he began to jump and he began to dribble. He began to work that ball until he could finally do it. He said, Well, then at one time, I'm going to do it again. He said, Well, I can do it two times, I can do it three times. You see what I'm saying? He trained his body. Church, you and I have got to train our spirit. The same way. We've got to train our spirit to have faith in God. And we do that by speaking the words of God. I'm not telling you to make up some words you ain't never heard before. I'm telling you repeat what the Bible says. What you read in the Bible needs to be coming out of your mouth this morning. Amen? Amen? Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse 45, you need, to, you need to turn there and look at this with me. In Luke chapter 6 verse 45, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart, which is his soul. Every time you read the word heart in the scripture, you're talking about your soul. I heard a preacher one time, he tickled me. He thought he was talking about his organ. <laughs> he thought he said, he's talking about the organ, your heart, the organ. No, no, we ain't talking about that thing. We're talking about your soul. Okay? So out of the abundance of the heart, the good treasures of his soul bringeth forth that which is good, and evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. Listen to the words of the Messiah. Jesus said this, I didn't. For the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. Whatever's in you is going to come out of you. Come on. If cuss words are not inside you, cuss words won't come out of you. Huh? You, you can mash my finger until it is black as black can be. You won't hear one curse word come out of my mouth. You know why? Because God took all that cussing out of me. And I have mashed my finger many, many times since. <laughs> I'm going to say, ouch! Lord, that hurt. And I'm going to pray about it. But I ain't going to get mad and cuss about it. If cussing's not in you, it won't come out of you. Amen? You've you got to train yourself not to cuss. When I was growing up, cussing was a language. I don't know how you grew up in your house, but it was, a, you know, you learned to cuss when you learned to talk. Amen? When you're still in diapers. That's how I was raised. Amen? So it becomes a language. But how many know God can change that language? Amen? 
So look at what Jesus is saying here. A good man out of the good treasures of his soul bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the evil treasures of his soul bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. In the abundance of the soul, the mouth will speak. The mouth will speak. Look at what Jesus is saying. Amen? What we think will move down into our souls. What we're thinking about in our minds, it will move down into our souls if we keep thinking about what we're thinking about. Are you listening to me? I'm trying to help somebody this morning. Lord, help me. Let this make sense to somebody this morning. So what? Listen, your thinking will move down into your soul. And when it's in your soul, it will come out of your mouth. This is a spiritual law that's been placed in motion. And it will produce something in the physical world in which we live. You see, when Abraham's name was changed to Abraham, his thinking began to change. His words began to change. No longer out of his soul was he saying, I'm fatherless. Now he's saying, I'm the father of many nations. See? And so something began to change and what he was speaking began to come to, into existence. You have the power of creating your own world. The world you live in is actually a reflection of the words you've been speaking. Just think about it for a while. You will. What you've been speaking, your life is now a creation of that. How many of us grew up in negative homes and negative words have been spoken over us? And So many people have been told that they're no good and never will be any good. You will never amount to anything. People speak that way over their children. That's damaging. And unfortunately, some of them people grow up to fulfill that prophecy. This is sad. Ten times in Genesis chapter 1, God said and then He saw. Ten times, Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let there be, and then He saw. Ten times God said that. You were created in the image of God. He breathed the breath of life into you and gave birth to your soul. You are, you are a creation of God Himself in the likeness of God. Amen? The only difference between us and God is He don't doubt what He speaks. And only good's coming out of Him all the time. Amen? So ten times in Genesis 1, God said, and then He saw. Go with me to Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Again, the words of the Messiah, Jesus. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. Verse 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, go and hold your finger up like that. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, which is his soul, that shall believe those things which he saith. Go ahead and hold up the other finger. Come on. Saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he. Come on. Go ahead and throw that finger up. Saith. Three times. Right there in that one scripture. Jesus is telling us. That there's something important about the words coming out of our mouth. Be thou removed. And I testify to you. I shared the testimony of how that woman prayed about that mountain because she, she lived in that little village and she didn't have no car and she had to walk that mountain and she's getting old and she, she rebuking that mountain and she came across this scripture and finally one day 
here comes the big machinery and they begin to move that dirt until they chop that mountain down and make it flat. Amen. It didn't happen overnight. It took years of praying. It didn't happen overnight for Isaac to be born. It took 25 years. Amen. See, sometimes you've got to pray and speak God's Word for a while before you truly see the manifestation of it happening in your life. This is called walking by faith and not by sight. Amen? How many of us today want to see our children saved and in church? Huh? Then stop saying what you're saying. Come on. Stop saying what you're saying. But I try to get them to go to church. They just refuse to go to church. I guess they just choose to go to hell. Is that what you want? No. Mm -mm. You see, I don't care what my children are doing in this physical world. What's coming out of my mouth is my children are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, church. I don't care what I see. I refuse to listen to what they're saying. Come on. They can say there ain't no God all they want. I, I'm saying, oh yeah, you believe. <laughs> I don't believe. Oh yes, you do. Huh? You don't believe in this hand that's about to slap you. Come on, church. Talk to your kids. <laughs> you don't believe in that belt, but I'll wear you out with it. Come on, church. Oh yeah, you do believe. I don't hear that nonsense. You don't like going to church. Yes, you do. You love going to church. Let's begin to change what we're saying. Amen. Let's don't talk about how our kid got drunk and was at the bar last night. Come on. Let's talk about how our children are falling in love with Jesus and going to be in the house of God. And when they do go to church and they still smell like alcohol and got the stamp on their hand because they came out of the club, don't criticize them. Uh-uh. Throw your arm around them. Because you was a heathen too one day before God got a hold of you. Amen. 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 Let's just tell the truth. We taught our children how to sin. I got one amen. rest of y'all being quiet. One honest soul. Come on. Amen. Come on. We did. Let's just tell the truth. But also our children saw us repent. Amen. They saw us get right with God. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to repent and get right with God. Come on, church. Amen. Because we're going to change what we say. We're going to change what we say about our children. Amen. Amen. Three times in verse 23, Jesus is talking about the words coming out of your mouth. Verse 24, it says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. If you don't believe that Jesus is going to answer your prayers, then just stop praying. What did that preacher just say? <laughs> did he just say stop praying? Yeah. If you don't believe that Jesus is going to answer your prayer, then just stop praying. Because you ain't doing no good. Your words are bouncing off the ceiling and coming back hitting you right on top of the head. He says when you pray, believe that you receive. Amen. Believe that you receive. you got to know what God's Word says. Was God able? Yes, He is. Find your scripture that says He's able. Is God willing? Yes, He is. Find your scripture that says He's willing. Amen. The leper said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He says, I will. Come on. Come on, church. Amen. Amen. Yes. What does the Word of God say? 
Let's speak what God's word says. Listen, your faith and your doubt will come out of your mouth. Your faith and your doubt will come out of your your mouth. Once it comes out of your mouth, it begins to create your future. Some of us need to speak words of faith to simply to kill all the negative things we've already spoken. Well, that was a good amen place too. Y'all missed it. Amen. Kenneth E. Hagin has a, he had a saying in, in, in his ministry. He said, don't pray for a roundhouse and speak about a square house. Amen. Lord, I, I'm praying for a roundhouse. I want me a roundhouse. I just love roundhouses. I just love the way they look. I can just walk around in a big old circle. And then everybody you talk to, so I'm going to go look at a house. Which house are you going to look at? You know the, the square one down the road. Huh? Now, that's a silly example, but don't we all do that? What we're praying about and what we're talking about is two different things sometimes. Amen. Amen. You've got to speak what you want and need your desires to be. You've got to speak it. Amen. You've got to speak it this morning. Arrest your thoughts. Arrest your thoughts. Take captive what you're thinking about before it gets down in your soul. Well, preacher, I just can't help what I think about. Yes, you can. You can. Now, we all get crazy thoughts, and the devil likes to throw thoughts at us, you know, and us to see which ones we're going to listen to. The devil will come along right beside you, and, you know, and he'll just give you this thought, and it's what you do with that thought that counts. Sometimes I just ignore it. Thought would come to me, and I'm like, I ain't even going to acknowledge that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You ever got some crazy thought come to you? Just go, I'm not even going to acknowledge that thought. Hmm? But it's when you start thinking about that thought. Hmm. That's a good point. You start thinking about it. You start thinking about it. You start thinking about it. And before you know it, that thought's now down in your soul. And when that thought hits your soul, guess what's going to happen? Like a volcano is going to come out your mouth. Whatever hits your soul is going to come out your mouth. So you got to be careful what you think about. Oh, preacher, I can't control, I can't control my thoughts. Then you're saying that Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 is a lie. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Turn there with me in your Bibles. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Why would the Apostle Paul tell us to do something that's impossible to do? Why would the Holy Spirit allow that to be in your Bible if it's impossible to do? No, you can. You can refuse to think negative thoughts. Sister Linda was just sharing with me this morning. I didn't, I mean, she, she told me, but it didn't hit me. You know, sometimes people can tell you stuff, but don't hit you. And she said this morning, it didn't hit me. But five doctors told her. We're not going to operate because you won't come off the table. Five doctors, what you said. How many of y'all saw her come up for prayer Sunday after Sunday? Every Sunday, we're going to do it this morning. Get the anointing all out. Pray over the sick. And she kept coming. 
And we prayed that God would give her strength because the gallbladder needed to come out. Now, God can heal the gallbladder. Amen. But sometimes you need to get that thing on out of you. Come on. Just, just, get, just cut it. Jesus said if your hand offends you, cut it off. Amen. If your eyes offend you, plug it out. Sometimes your gallbladder offends you, let the doctor take it out. Amen. 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 Everything's based on where your label of faith is too. Where's your label of faith at? Where's your level at? So Linda knew she needed to have this surgery. The doctor's saying, no, we ain't going to do it. You won't wake up. You won't make it. You'll die on our operating table. But we prayed. And she kept going back to the doctor for another checkup. And fight. you know, I think things are changing. <laughs> Last time we prayed for her, she said, the doctor's got a different report now. He's saying that he is going to operate. And, and everything, my numbers are looking better. My liver's doing better. And this is doing better. And they scheduled my operation. Now, she wasn't no fool before she went under the knife. She said, y'all pray. <laughs> and here you are today. Why? Because we refuse to allow the conversation of the doctors, which was doubt and unbelief and death, to get into our soul. Our ears heard the bad report. But that's where it stopped. Uh-uh. No, we're not. Because you could get so depressed. Oh, the doctor said, doctor said I won't make it, can you? I guess this is how I'm going out. And we can get so depressed as we meditate upon that negativity from that doctor. Church, just because they got alphabets behind their name don't mean they know everything. Huh? We call on Dr. Jesus and he told us a different story. Amen, that's right. Amen. Amen. And now that's all that I've done. Yes, and I'm alive and I'm still here and I'm still here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Brother Al, it took you a year of listening to my sermons before that back pain left, didn't it? A year. Brother Al came moved to Bowden. Thought he was going to retire because, you know, he thought, well, I hear Bowden's a place where old people go to retire, so he just moved on down to Bowden. Came part of the church. He said, well, I'm retired now. But everybody knows he's retired. And, you know, that lasted for about a month when you looked at Larry. He said, Larry, you built, you're doing a one at 83 years old. And Frankie's going to come, come paint with me paint, but I'm too old. I'm retired. <laughs> and by the way, everybody's older. He's the baby. And the men's group he hangs out with, he's the youngest one. Hey, man. Then, of course, you know, he met Dwayne. Dwayne's still working all the time. You know, you know, he don't talk about retirement anymore. Y'all notice that. <laughs> but he came with a bad back. His back was hurting so bad. Couldn't hardly do nothing. But we kept praying. He kept listening. And I remember it took, it was 11 months and something. It was 11 months and something. And then the Holy Spirit beat him on that 11th month. You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This thing had to grow inside of that. This thing had to grow inside of him. His faith had to increase. And then on that 11th month, that faith was up here, and all of a sudden, he just reached up and grabbed that healing. You see, that faith would reach up and just grab that healing and pull it on down in that body. Amen. And praise God, Al volunteers it back on every, every Tuesday, lifting boxes that weighed 30 to 40 pounds, carrying out the people's cars. He's supposed to be bent over like this and can't move. But he's 
Serving the Lord. Amen. God is able. He's able. Look, we got too many, we got too many testimonies in this church about God's healing. Don't we, Brother Larry? Cancer free, Brother Larry. Cancer free, Jan. Cancer free, Sharon. Come on, church. We've got too many testimonies in this church. You can't convince me that God don't heal today. I know too many people He's doing it to. Amen. 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 So Paul is telling us something we can do. You can control your thoughts. You can't control your thoughts. Here's what you're going to have to learn to do. You learn to control this. You learn to control this, you'll control your thoughts. Because this thing will start thinking for you. The only reason I got mine up here is I'm recording podcasts right now. So, so my sermon will be on podcast later for those who want to go back and listen to it later. But this thing, y'all remember when the old people said that the television was a one-eyed monster? Y'all remember that? Don't watch that thing, it's the devil. You got the devil coming out. Y'all come on, some of your grandma said that. Some of your old preachers told you that, amen. I don't think they were too far crazy. Amen. I think they were right on target, don't y'all? Because this year has gotten a whole lot worse since them, their days. We got to be careful what we allow to come inside of us. Be careful what you allow your eyes to see and watch. Because what you watch, you meditate on, and you think about. Hello? Hello? I've got family members that love those murder mystery shows. CIAs and all that stuff, you know. Somebody's going to get killed. They're trying to figure it out. Man, I walk in the room. I say, turn that stuff off. I don't want to look at all that death. I don't want to look at all that murder. I don't want to look at all that crime. Uh Uh-uh. I want good thoughts. Things that are lovely. Things that are pure. In my mind. Amen? You see, we got to be careful what we set before our eyes and what we listen to. Amen? Now, when I was a kid and and my hair was down to my collar and, and I had Pioneer speakers in the back of my Mustang... I listened to rock and roll music. I was a big rock and roll fan. I know y'all can't tell that today. And the louder it was, the better it sounded to me. That's why I had the Pioneer speakers in my back window. Pioneer was the best speakers of the time. Amen? And you could hear me coming down the highway. You know what I'm talking about. But the more I listened to that rock and roll, huh? the more stoned I wanted to get, Preacher, you get stoned. I'm so sorry to bust your bubble about me this morning. The faster my I wanted to drive, my right foot got real heavy every time I would listen to a rock and roll song. Before I know it, that car flying down the highway and I'm just a stupid 16-year-old kid with a driver's license. Amen. 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 That's my, that's my rock and roll years. Then I flipped over the country and all I wanted to do was get drunk all the time. <laughs> Hello? I wanted to get drunk. I wanted to go beat up my truck because it broke down. I wanted to go look for my dog because it ran away. Huh? Oh, I forgot the part where my wife left me. You know, the funny thing about a country song, you play it backwards, your wife comes back, your dog comes home, and you sober up and the truck runs again. Praise God. Amen. 
Listen, you, you listen to all that stuff all the time. It affects your mind. It affects your soul. Amen. And now I don't listen. And I'm not saying all rock and roll songs are bad, because they're not. Not all country songs are bad either. But I don't listen to none of them. You know why? Because I always got my mind on praise and worship. I always want to worship Jesus. I want my mind on things that are lovely, things that are pure. Amen. Things that are holy. Matthew, the 13th chapter. We're going to wrap it up with this one. Matthew chapter 13, verse 13 says, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they see and see not, and hear and they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecies of Elias, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not shall perceive. For with the heart, people's hearts is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Thus at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and I shall heal them. Amen? We've got to open our spiritual eyes this morning. We've got to open our spiritual ears, and we've got to hear the words of the Messiah. And the Messiah says, Beloved, I desire above all things that you prosper, that you be in health, even as your soul prospers. That's 3 John, verse 2. That's the words of the Messiah this morning. That's the words of the Messiah. Jesus still heals today, church. Jesus still saves today. You know, a preacher, I don't feel healed, but do you feel saved every day that you wake up? Don't lie, church. Do you feel saved every day of your life? Even Bonnie will tell you, no. Thank God it's not based on how I feel. Amen? Amen. My salvation has nothing to do with how I feel. But it's got everything to do with the Word of God. And the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, if I put my mind on thinking about the blood of Jesus Christ and the powers in the name of Jesus, amen, and I start worshiping the Lord and saying, thank you for all the blessings, guess what's going to happen? My feelings, they'll begin to line up with the words and I start feeling saved and healed. Amen? It's the same thing with healing church. It's the same thing. To a preacher, I don't feel healed. I feel sick. I feel like I'm hurting. I feel like I'm in pain. Your feelings got nothing to do with it. It's what the Word of God says. It's what the blood of Jesus Christ says. Put your faith in that, not what you feel. This is why people have such a hard time with healing. is because they feel the pain. They feel the sickness. And you've got to get your mind and your soul off of that. And get it. What does Jesus say? But it don't matter if I got a split headache. What does Jesus say? What does the word of God say? It don't matter what the what my back is telling me. My back is telling me to go back to bed. But what does the word say? See, that's what's important. Amen. 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 Does help anybody this morning? Help anybody this morning? Now, I'm not going to go over the 101 healing scriptures because of the sake of time, but you know I have emailed them too. Everybody in here, I believe, has got them. In fact, if you don't have the 101 healing scriptures in your email, 
give me your email and I'll send it to you. If you don't have them, it probably means it's going to have your email address. Look them up. Read them over and over and over. There's 101 healing scriptures. They can just put them on the screen right now. Just so you can see this is in your email inbox right now. Go check your inbox. And begin to read these over and say them out loud. Let your soul hear you say them out loud. Amen? When I begin to read the Bible, I could barely read. I went to school in Alabama, and I could barely read. And the Lord taught me how to read by reading my Bible out loud. Now, I made sure I was by myself, because <laughs> I didn't want nobody to listen. But by myself, I would read my Bible out loud. And through the process of doing that, the Lord taught me how to read, and he built my faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Word of God's coming out of my mouth. Guess what my soul was doing? Oh yeah, give me some more of that. Give me some more of that word. Give me some more of that. My faith began to grow because I was simply reading my Bible out loud. The more you speak these words of healing coming out of your mouth, your body will do what you tell it to do. Just like the gymnast's body tells it what to do. Just like the basketball player's body does what the basketball player tells it to do. Your body will do what you tell it to do. I just refuse to get sick. Like I've already confessed to you, it's been over a decade. I haven't been sick in over a decade. I refuse to get sick. You want to get sick, you go ahead. I'll pray for you. I don't want No. I've laid hands on people who had full-blown COVID. I didn't get it. Didn't get it. Wasn't scared of it. Amen. I'm not bragging about me. I'm bragging about the Word of God. I've not been sick in over a decade. No pneumonia, no flu, no diarrhea. Come on, church. No nothing. But I've had marvelous opportunities. Marvelous opportunities. So what do you mean, preacher? Well, I might start feeling a little sick. But I didn't listen to that. You see, when I started feeling a little sick, I began to rebuke it. When COVID came around, for two hours, I felt like, ooh, I felt terrible. Terrible. I don't. This is not God. I'm not, I'm not receiving this. I refuse this. I began to quote every scripture I could find. I believed the blood of Jesus. After I prayed, I rebuked I, I believed the blood of Jesus. Until those symptoms went away. Now, Angel had a hard time with COVID. She couldn't breathe. She had previously been diagnosed with asthma, had breathing problems growing up as a child, and when COVID hit her and attacked her lungs, she had a hard time with that. You know what I did, church? Brought her right here to this altar, got 101 healing scriptures out, and read 101 to her over and over and over again. And when I get tired of reading them, I say, okay, honey, get up. We got to walk this on. We got to walk. We got to keep exercising. You can't sit here or you'll die. I said, you got to walk. I walked her out in the churchyard. And the first time I walked her out, we walked all over the church property. The second day, we walked half of the property. The third day, I couldn't get her out past the, the, the cement tables. Her breath was going that fast. But on a Tuesday, on a Tuesday, on a Tuesday, God began to heal. And she could walk a little bit further. And she could do a little bit more. And a few days later, it was all gone. 
I was this close to taking to the hospital, this close to taking to the emergency room, and I told her at that time, I said, honey, they're not going to let me in. If I take you there, they're going to they're keep you, they're going to hook you up to a ventilator, you're going to be all on them. I said, let's not do that. And I told her, I said, you got to fight. I was telling her, I said, honey, you got to fight. I can't do this, I can't do this without you. you got to fight. you got to fight. you got to put that faith on. you got to believe this. you got to read these scriptures with me. you got to say these scriptures with me. Over and over. Did she want to? No. She wanted to go to bed and go to sleep and just let it go. This is what I'm telling you, church. you got to fight. The devil's going to do everything he can to kill, steal, destroy you, but you got to fight. Fight the good fight of faith, is what Paul said. Fight the good fight of faith. What I'm telling you this morning is the gospel truth. If I drop dead right now, it don't change the word I just said. Don't change the word. If I die tomorrow of cancer, it don't change the word what I just said. The word's still the word. Oh, but I'm not. I'm going to live here rock old age. <laughs> because the word tells me so. Amen? Because the word tells me so. You getting something out of this today? Amen. I spent a lot of time on this because I'm not with you on Monday. I'm not with you on Tuesday. And I know as soon as you walk up the door of this church, the devil's going to... Come on. Start beating your side of that head. Start that line to you. Huh? As soon as you turn the news on, you notice all the commercials are about medicine? Yeah. And you know, I was watching some old commercials that actually talked about toys and other things. Like, that was like 1970. <laughs> all the commercials are about medicine now. Yeah. Why? Money, money, money. But God's in the healing business. Stand your feet with me this morning. Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that I said something today that resonated with your people. Lord, it's something that was said this morning will just begin to grab a hold of our soul and minister to us. Father, I pray right now for your divine touch. Lord, would be anybody here fighting any kind of sickness, any kind of disease, no matter what the name is. If anybody's here that's received any kind of bad report from the doctors, we bind it, we rebuke it, and we cast it out in the name of Jesus. By your stripes, we declare that we are healed. By your word, you said in your word, all oh, that your precious blood heals us. You said in your word that you are the God that heals us. And you said in your word that you are willing. Father, I thank you right now that faith is bubbling up inside of us. Healing is being manifested in our souls and our spirits and our bodies right now. Oh, and sickness and pain is leaving. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, the, we got the anointing oil. You know, I'm not going to close out. I'll give you an opportunity. I'll be God's healing people today. But you need prayer. Come on. And we'll anoint you with oil and we'll believe God with you. Just like James chapter 5 tells us. And we're going to do this every Sunday, James chapter 5, every Sunday, do it for six years. We're going to believe God. Amen. Amen. On the road to recovery. On the road to recovery.
Y'all reach out to him in faith this way. Standing together for God this morning, too. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you right now, God. We thank you for the healing process, the recovery from the surgery, God, the soreness, Lord. We know that you can speed up the recovery process and rid the body right now. You can speed it up right now in the name of Jesus, that recovery process from the surgery. Father, we give you praise and honor that this pain from your surgery is going away. The recovery process is sped up. The pain is leaving her body right now. Lord, we pray for Sister Donna's lungs to open up. Rebuke that pneumonia in the name of Jesus. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. We give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Anybody else this morning? Any prayer? Anybody else this morning? God's a good God, church. He's able, sister. Still back there? She went to the kitchen. All right. Anybody here besides the sisters had knee replacement? Anybody? surgeries and stuff, and that's why they talk physical therapy, because you need exercise. Amen? Work that soreness out. So I'm just going to pray. Go ahead and lay your hands on her knee. There you go. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak to this name. Lord, you know what the doctors have done. Now we speak even in the name of Jesus right now. The speed of the healing process of this being removing the pain right now, the soreness in the name of Jesus. Lord, as she begins to exercise that knee and get it in shape again, get the, the muscles around it, the legs in shape again, God. Lord, begin to give her the strength that she needs, Lord, to endure. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that that pain is leaving her. Lord, that you're giving her a new walk in the name of Jesus right now. Oh, and the other knees just go just by in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. No surgery on this other knee would be needed. Lord, you just please touch it right now. Touch it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes, ma'am. I want to share a pressure on the hair. I want to share a testimony about my knee. At the end of nearly the end of October, I was still on the walk. 
And the doctors were saying I was going to have to have surgery immediately again because it wasn't going in place. I went up for prayer that night in the church I was at, and God touched my knee. I felt that when it popped back in the way it's supposed to, and I laid the walker, actually left it at the front of the church, and I went <laughs> almost running back to my seat. So I know what God can do. Not pray for healing for the knee, just the soreness to be gone. Y'all keep remembering me because you touched me once, and I know you can do it again. Amen. 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 Anybody else need nothing all this morning before we close out? God is good all the time. Be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to thy word. Amen. Yes, sir. this morning. Praise the Lord. God is good. Alright. Listen, we're going to go to fellowship hall. I'm going to eat a little bit and hang out and fellowship a little bit. Alright? Don't just, don't just, don't eat your meal before I get back there and then leave before I get back there. I'm not going to talk to you. Hang out. Talk to somebody. Amen? Amen? I can't always run back here fast as y'all can, but I'll get there. So just stay and eat. Listen, we got they got some eggs and bacon and uh, biscuits and gravy. And, uh, uh, that's all I know of. There might be something. There might be some sausage back there. Amen. I don't know. But let's go have a good, uh, what do you call it, brunch. Let's have a good brunch. Amen. And enjoy some fellowship. Amen. Talk to somebody that you don't know that well. Amen. And, and uh, our visitors today, thank you so much for coming and being a part of us. Amen. And please stay and eat with us and talk to us. Amen. Because God's good, isn't he, brother? Not just good sometimes, good all the time. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, Lord, for blessing the food that we're about to take. Lord, bless the hands that prepared it. Lord, bless our fellowship, Lord, as we fellowship together today. In Jesus' holy and righteous name. Everybody say Amen. Amen. Fellowship Hall, through that door to the right, I'll meet you in there.